As fourth dates go, it was kind of an unusual one. Gerard Bush and Christopher Renz had only known each other for a few weeks. Christopher had caught Gerard's eye while tussling with a security guard who wouldn't let him enter a party. They struck up a conversation that led to a couple of dates, and well, dates one, two, and three were pretty standard. Dinner, drinks, you know the drill. By date four, however, the pair found themselves writing a short story together about aliens. 14 years later, the collaborative short story writing process that began on that fourth date has not only endured, it's helped turn them into an exciting new force in American movie making. Last year, they released Antebellum, a timely, twisty sci-fi drama overflowing with narrative invention. And like everything they write, it began as a short story. Our way into the script is always the same in terms of, of process. We will go directly into a short story because that's our way to organize our thoughts and to clearly understand the story that we're trying to tell. The short story is its own art, obviously, but it feels a little less daunting than a blank page, one of 120 that are blank. There are less rules and you can just kind of, you know, explore the idea more. That first voice you heard is Gerard. The slightly softer one that you'll hear throughout the episode belongs to Christopher. Together as writer-director duo Bush and Renz, they let screenplays begin life as short stories before being left to flower and bloom in their imaginations, at which point they'll build them out into script form. For us, the short story is our outline mm -hmm. script. Yep, that's exactly our way in. You have to build enough of a foundation, enough of a roadmap in the story, and then all of the characters come in and sit next to you and whisper in your ear when you're doing a set at the gym or you know when you're looking for the, your favorite almond milk that they've run out of and then suddenly you move to oat milk and like all of these things that happen just in sort of your mundane everyday existence you know these characters start living with you and talking to you and and telling you where to go i'm al horner and today on how i write a podcast about the highs lows and workflows of screenwriting Bush and Renz describe how they always aim to catalyze conversations about the world we live in in their work. We also get into why they love to burden their characters with both personal and planetary struggles, how they build their movies' mind-bending twists, and the balance they have to strike between entertainment and activism in the politically charged stories they love to write. At the end of the day, our number one priority is to is to rivet and, and entertain the audience. If we're not doing that, then you know any of the medicine that we tried to bury within the, within the delicious snack doesn't even matter. That's all to come today on How I Write, presented by Arc Studio Pro, the screenwriting software that lets writers stay focused on the stories they're trying to tell on the page. Get your free trial today to check out its intuitive design, seamless real-time collaboration features, excellent outlining functions, and easy-to-use import and export capabilities. More on those guys later, but now, with no further ado... I'm Christopher Renz. I'm Gerard Bush, and this is how we write. We're really inspired and motivated to tell stories, especially within this particular landscape that we find ourselves in. I think that that just like any other citizen of the world, you know, we have our concerns about the state of things. I know st statistically, I think Pinker said that, you know, we're, we're moving in a much better direction than we've ever been as, as, as a civilization, but it doesn't feel that way on the ground. And then at the same time, we're, we're film and television fanatics. And so we don't want to make something that feels finger wagging 
We want to make something that feels really entertaining whilst also having something meaningful to say or some witness, you know, in observation of the world that we live in and, and you know, perhaps a cautionary tale at times. If you've seen Antebellum, in which a woman named Veronica, played by Janelle Monet, is seemingly transported back in time to the Antebellum South, where she assumes the name of Eden, an enslaved person. Well, nothing Gerard said there about the types of stories he and Christopher enjoy writing will particularly surprise you. As filmmakers, they're constantly forging stories set five minutes into the future, as they put it, that combines their voracious love for movies with elements of their past work as advertising execs working on important social justice projects. For Christopher and I, it never even occurs to us that we would write something for the screen that does not have some kind of political message, that doesn't have something to say about where we might be going if we're not careful. You know, as we sit here today, we're in the middle of a climate catastrophe that is completely out of control. We have, oh my God, a disinformation channel that is metastasizing across the world at a breakneck pace and people are becoming really resistant or unable to perceive reality. We all just have our own warped sense of reality. And I think that that spells disaster if we don't do something about it sooner rather than later. And so for us, you know, it, it, it really, I think there are a lot of filmmakers, there are a lot of writers that are making really entertaining content. We don't make content. We make film and television. That's what we're committed to. The first step in their process together, generating story ideas, requires listening to the world around them. They do this because, well, you never know where inspiration may come from. Everything is an opportunity. Even speaking to you, even looking at the prints that are that are framed behind you and the microphone and just you and what that might mean later, you know, in terms of another idea and a conversation that we're having about what we're writing. It's really just recognizing that everything around you and everything that you're experiencing is an opportunity for the page. You know, it doesn't mean that it has to have anything specifically to do with what you're writing. It's that you understand that the world around you is filled with inspiration and information that's trying to reveal itself if you can just pay attention and be vigilant about everything that you're experiencing as a human, having a human experience, and putting that on the page for the characters in the story. Once they have an idea that they're excited about, before it becomes a short story, Christopher and Gerard spend hours talking and exploring their own emotions around that subject, leaning in to the most vulnerable parts of themselves. It's giving one another permission to speak about something, to have an idea and to not be judged, whatever the idea may be. Look, I think that for us or and for many writers, it's the vulnerability that gives you the way in. It's being able to sort of confront those parts of yourself that are that are really afraid of the variety of directions that you can go. And so for us living in the same house in the same space being partners for 14 years, we are able to have some some really meaningful discussions about and around you know, what we are thinking or feeling at any particular moment, it may not necessarily have anything to do with what we're writing. Now they have an exciting premise and a rough sense of what bigger questions the story might ask, Gerard and Christopher start figuring out who the perfect character is that could sit within this situation. What inner struggle could this character be facing 
that would complement the outer threat that they have to contend with. We're always just trying to lean into the thing that feels really authentic to the story and that feels like a, an interesting perspective in the middle of, of a bunch of UFOs visiting or some uber intelligent alien visitor that there could be a mixed race couple that's dealing with their own sense of loss while in the backdrop we are dealing with as a civilization the most consequential event that's ever happened in in the world that becomes much more interesting to us than just a ufo visitation if that makes sense one thing is always for certain whichever character they end up crafting as our lens into the story they have to go through some kind of metamorphosis this is what story is all about says gerard a character beginning the story in one place and ending it transformed by the experience that they undergo. Probably the primary motivation in everything that we're writing is to demonstrate the, the transformation of a person through experience in order to pluck that empathetic cord where you can actually imagine yourself from a universal perspective that that, you know, whether that person is black or Asian or gay or straight, when you're looking at the character, you can imagine that there's a universal message of transformation and what that means for you and your own life. That's an on-ramp for everything that we do. After blasting all these thoughts and ideas into a short story, containing all the raw ingredients of the tale they want to tell on screen, Bush and Renz then take a step back to assess how they feel about the story. If they feel excited and energised by it, with a vision beginning to form about how it would make a movie, they begin a more intensive research process to find the depth and detail that is going to enrich their feature-length screenplay. The research comes after the short story. Yeah, the research come, comes after. The short story is just write it, get it out, no rules, get the, get the idea on paper, and then the lots of research comes you know, in between short story and script, and even you know, after script and pre-production. Like with Antebellum, there was tremendous rigor in the research. We really needed to get it right. There are some members of the audience that might not even recognize what they're looking at, that they would have to go back on a second watch or a third watch to pick up all of the little details of the research and the authenticity as it relates to those characters. We are committed to tremendous rigor in the research that we're doing, because that's the entire point, is to say that this is not so far-fetched. This is all happening, by the way, in the pair's apartment, for the most part, surrounded by Californian nature and a couple of 80-year-old neighbours. The way they describe their writing environment underlines how, for Gerard and Christopher, writing is kind of a meditative act. Each day, when it's time to start writing, they light a candle to signal that work has begun. Sometimes they're so consumed by the page, they don't notice entire days passing by. You sit and you write for four hours without even getting up. You don't realize, like yesterday I was at the gym working out and Christopher was here writing by himself. And I called him and I said, you know, see, do you want something to eat? And he said, oh my God, I've been sitting here in this chair for like six hours. I haven't eaten. Because you're sitting and you just forget. You're just engulfed in what you're doing. And before you know it, the day has gone by. 
that's how we work and it works for us. And, you know, we have the, I wish you could see it, but like, we also have this bonsai tree <laughs> that's in the, the center of, of the table that we, that we, that we write on. Like everything is about trying to create a sense of, of Zen and calm in the house. And it, and it just works. I need to feel, and Christopher needs to feel calm and settled. What's great about us as a duo is, you know, one of us can put down an idea for a scene, write it through, send it to the other person, and then they kind of expand and, and edit and adjust. And I think that's part of the, the magic in our working together. If you're one person writing something, you think, well, that's not that great. And I don't even know why I'm going in this direction. And oh my God, no one's going to like this. But maybe I like, you know, it's like your your brain goes into these sort of, you know, circles. Whereas, you know, when it's two of you and you've, you've, you've established what the, the game rules are, it's a lot more fun, at least for us. Still to come, how Bush and Wren's craft their surprising twists, why it's okay to polarize your audience, and why they believe that anyone can learn screenwriting formatting. It's learning who you are and what your essence is as a storyteller that's the hard bit. But first, a word about Arc Studio Pro. Screenwriting to me is all about immersion. I want to stay immersed in that dreamy, fantasy-like state while I weave my story and craft my characters. I don't want to be distracted by anything and I certainly don't want to be thinking about text formatting. Arc Studio Pro understands that. It's so intuitive, it has a minimal and dare I say beautiful interface that allows me to stay completely focused on the story I'm trying to tell. If you like to work with a writing partner like Bush and Renz, well, good news. Arc Studio Pro has seamless real-time collaboration, similar to Google Docs, which allows you and whoever you're working with to stay literally and figuratively on the same page. Importing and exporting other formats like Final Draft or PDF files is easy. And best of all, it has an always free plan, meaning you can sign up today and start writing. To take your screenwriting to the next level, visit arcstudiopro.com. Click the link in today's show notes to find out more. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. I get really bored with people that reveal too much information about themselves immediately. I like a multi-layered person. I like to find out new things about someone that I've known for years, like years later, because they are always in a state of bloom and holding just enough back, not in being duplicitous, but being discreet about certain corners of their minds and, and their isness, their souls and themselves that is this the appropriate time or the appropriate person to reveal this particular part of myself? Do they deserve to know? Is this worthy of sharing? That same process applies for me with the scenes. One feature of Bush and Renz's work that you probably noticed if you watched Antebellum is they love to peel back the layers on their story slowly, refusing to give you all the pieces straight off the bat. The pair say they do this because, well, A, that's akin to real life in which we hold parts of ourselves back, forever working out what to share and who to trust. And B, well, because it's more entertaining. Great movies are all about that slow burn, that drip feed of new information, keeping you on your toes from scene to scene. For me, a script and a story are a series of seductions. You have to know when to reveal a certain piece of information that keeps the audience enticed and engaged without giving so much away that it's a yawn. It's just this delicate balance of peeling back another layer at precisely the right time. It's not that you always get it right. I think that, you know, when you're writing a script and it becomes so, you become so close to it at times, 
that it becomes increasingly difficult to see what may be obvious to someone else. And that's when the producers who are not living that material day in and day out become really, really helpful because you might think that you've struck that, but you might be overplaying it or you might be holding too much back. If you're yet to see Antebellum, well, I'll warn you now, the movie has one hell of a twist. If you've tried writing a story with a twist in, you'll already know that they're very hard to make feel natural. Often they just feel like a shock tactic designed to yank the rug out from underneath your audience. So how do you make one effectively? Gerard and Christopher say the key is to only add a twist if you can do so elegantly, in a way that feels true to the thematic questions that your script is posing. Whenever you try too hard to pull out a sort of magic trick, I think it's reductive to the material. And I also think that it can prove really damaging to the art that you're making or what you're putting on the page. I think if it if you have a, a sort of natural rhythm, we were talking earlier about how the story tells you where it wants to go. You know, with antebellum, the entire point, like when you think about the word antebellum, which all of a sudden is just in, in crazy rotation, it was not, it was kind of like a, you know, a word that was out of um, circulation. And then suddenly now it's like a word that has garnered a lot of attention. And so when you think about that word and how Veronica Henley, played by Janelle Monet, passes the sign, and the definition of the word antebellum is the period before a civil war, and specifically the American Civil War. And the question that we were posing to the audience was and is, are we talking about the civil war of the past or the civil war that's to come? And so I would say, as advice to any screenwriter in terms of a big twist, it becomes about a question and the question that you're posing to the audience and at what point you want to deliver that question without any ambiguity, that you want complete clarity around the question that you're posing. And there might be the best, most elegant opportunity for a twist. When it comes to formatting their screenplays, the pair don't let themselves get too bogged down in the supposed rules of how your script is supposed to look. Ultimately, they say, what matters is the story and the part of yourself, your fears, your vulnerabilities that you've let bleed out onto the page. There are so many different ways to approach the writing process. And I think that it's really important that yes, we respect structure, and that we respect that there are a set of protocols that we've collectively agreed to that what this process can look like for script to screen. But I think that if we, if we don't play in between those spaces, that we can miss a big opportunity on some really extraordinary stories to happen. And I, I think that there are people out there, writers, that might be a little intimidated by the process. They should not think so much about that and try to focus more on, on a feeling that they have for what they're writing. And the mechanics of it, you can always get there. It's the feeling and the idea that is unique to you. Everyone can replicate a formula. It's the essence that people cannot replicate. So I would encourage writers to really lean into their essence and the mechanics of it will work out itself. You'll learn that. At the end of this entire process is a great feeling of creative satisfaction. That's not to say that Antebellum was met with universal acclaim. 
Gerard and Christopher are the first to admit that the movie kind of polarised audiences. This was by design, explains Gerard. A huge part of their writing process is wanting to catalyse a conversation. They want to be disruptive. It informs the types of stories they try to tell. And this, in part, is why they write. When you're making something to rattle an audience, to not create something um, prosaic, but something that is activating and at some points disturbing for the entire purpose of catalyzing a conversation, then you have to be prepared for a polarizing response. But now that we've had it, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I think it's exactly the thing that we set out to do is to make disruptive art. And if you make disruptive art, you've got to be strong enough. You have to be brave to take everything that comes along with that. The most cathartic process for my own self-healing that is available to me is to write, is to sit there with these characters and to write. There's a respect. I don't want to call it a worship, but but the desk, the table that you write, it's an altar, it's a ceremony, and it should be respected because your imagination, it's, it's just such a beautiful thing. It takes you places that are well beyond physical construct. And that's extraordinary to me. I, I'll never understand for the, for the rest of my days where it comes from. It's a really beautiful experience when you commune with your imagination. Bush and Renz there are the writer-director duo behind Antebellum, which is available now. Their upcoming projects include Inkwell, a TV drama about a group of black surfers that find themselves battling a mysterious dark superpower, and Rapture, their second feature movie. You've been listening to How I Write, hosted by me, Al Horner, with production by Camille Demeck. Music comes from Oliver Knowles, our theme song is by Nefetz. How I Write is brought to you by Arc Studio Pro. Get your free trial today by visiting arcstudiopro.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.